0: Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Wayne. My name's Chad. This is
1: Brodor. Still
0: wondering what we're going to talk about. I well, like how
2: I like how Dan like presses record, <laughs> and then Brodor didn't see it, and so Brodor starts talking about his role playing. He's like, I'm going to st- I'm going to do a time jump in my role playing. <laughs> no, I said I did. I did. Yeah, did. it's good topic, good thing. And no. Dan's like, ugh click and, the race. and he
1: smacked me in front of the mouth like he was my mother he said F- you bro you're stupid and useless and what do you just... think you're doing talking about role-playing
0: games on fear of the boot so before he went completely off the rails <laughs> cat williams did the voice Am i getting the name right cat williams yeah he did the voice of A Pimp Named Slickback on You say the
1: whole thing. Yes, you say the
0: whole thing. A Pimp Named Slickback, which was roughly the inspiration for Mink Washington, which I've now played in a handful of games. And uh, he had a Pimp's Prayer, which I I like to pray every time I deal with Brodor. (laughs) And it's the reason I have so many rings on my left hand. Yes. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh no! I'm just thinking about unity.
0: <laughs> Lord, please guide my pimp hand and keep it strong, that a Brodor may know his place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do, because uh. you guys are running your mouth with all this great show topic stuff uh. about comic book writing and time jumps and RPGs, and I'm sitting here like hovering over the record <laughs> button, like <laughs> Brodor, shut your horror mouth, because you're just uh. running out. I mean, you're giving away the milk for free when yeah. I run a dairy
3: farm.
0: Uh, and I'm not even, there's not even a bucket underneath you. I'm totally lost on this. I have to say, this is my first now. negative yeah. review.
1: Usually in my employment, I, I have positive <laughs> reviews. I don't know how to deal with a negative review. I'm going to do what you usually do. Drink and cry. <laughs> yeah. Your thumb. yeah. You know, the thing is, I can't cry. Really? Like. There are times where I really, really just want to just unload and let it all out. And mm-hmm. I can't do it. Mm. I can't do, do it.
2: Is, do you mean you can't cry as in no tears come out or it's just
1: like, no? Like, like, like it. it starts, but then it's like impotence, right? Like you're like, you have the drive, what? like I really want to put some blood in it, and then it just doesn't happen. All these things I don't know anything about. <laughs> dairy farms, impotence, crying? I know.
2: Yeah. I
0: mean, where's Pat? <laughs> He'd at least Pat's know like, about the I've dairy a, farm. I've got a suppository for you. Like, <laughs> I got a dairy farm that'll cure both impotence and non-crime.
1: Right. <laughs> I'm going to put this Viagra in my pee hole, and then I'm going to put my pee
0: hole in you. So, so you've met Pat
2: before.
1: Oh.
0: All that I can think hurt. of is there was a spell in D and D Second Edition that has got to be the, one of the most horrific spells to ever exist in a main D and D book. I'm not talking splat books or vile darkness or whatever. I'm talking the main you love books. Splat books. Shut up. And in this spell, what is a high level wizard spell where you cut out your own heart? And replace it with a stone, and then put the heart in a box, and it's like then a like lachry thing.
1: It's, it's similar, yeah, it's,
0: yeah. It's kind of like that. It's, it's it's sort of like lichdom, but not exactly. And it's I don't remember the name of the spell, the details. I'm going to dig up my my second it's edition. It's like lichdom, but it's not evil, so player characters can do it. Oh no, it was totally no. like I think there were requirements on this so you couldn't be good to lie but I'm to dig up my second edition DMG at some point to read the see, description of the spell. I'm just
1: thinking about the three ribs that I had to remove to do this <laughs> ritual. The wands that I turned them into. Ah yeah, mm-hmm. there you go well they're slightly <laughs> bent wands. Right that's so, alright with me. Yeah.
3: See, sort all of we, Count Duke you <laughs> All the talk about milk. The uh, the people that <laughs> are still <laughs> on the milk. Because yeah. I got lost after that. Yeah, like, I tried. have no idea yeah. where we went off the rails but I don't even see the rails. But the guys that did uh, the gamers and Mm -hmm. gamers to darkness rising, they did journey quest was the next thing they did after that. And one of the main characters is a really horrible wizard that the only spell he seems to be able to do is creating milk and they refer to him as the lactomancer. (laughs) Oh, huh. And that's uh, what I'm thinking as you're talking about you all know, of the milk and r- rituals. Witcher and... had a a cheese. cheese. Yeah, was, yeah that was, o- a... was that
2: the was that the I think it was the Oniromancer. Well, there because one yeah. was the dream. No, would... no, Oniromancer was the dream one. Yeah, but... what was
0: the cheese? So wizard? the
2: cheese one, I forget what it's called. But the whole thing is that you you get this cheese, and it's like the stinkiest, ripest, like raunchiest cheese you've ever had. But you could read fortunes but, in but it. Yeah, it's divination. You, <laughs> yeah, you right. breathe in the musk of the cheese, and it it basically... Like, a, if a normal person breathed this in, they would be poisoned and die. But, you know, but, you're, you, a witcher. but you're a witcher. No, no. The uh, the wizard, though, who does the cheese magic, breathes it in and casts his spells, and then he it takes him into an altered state of consciousness, which he... Yeah, does and like,
0: his cheeses were so foul... They had like a little pocket dimension he kept them in, and when you as the Witcher go into this pocket dimension, you have to watch where you walk because if you get too close to these cheeses, you start taking yeah. damage.
1: I, I have to, I have wow. to, I have to admit, I missed that side story. I'm
0: yeah. hoping that that is <laughs> going to be a character class in the Witcher <laughs> role <World> playing game, <laughs> right? Which we still need to get the guys from our Talsoarin or however you pronounce it on here talk about that. But anyway, do you know what the sword is called that you get from playing that quest? I don't remember. So the Intel Buyer. That's in, what you yes. named it after cheese. I yeah, cuz I beat the quest like in mm-hmm. both my playthroughs. And it's so. a,
2: it's a cheese colored sword. It's like this ye- it's not gold it's like this yellow
0: colored sword. Yeah, it looks so like weird. somebody's Cheeto Dorito hand. It's <laughs> like if you just went straight off the looks character like <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, kinda. Alright, so this is a bonus episode for anyone who's not gathered. We're going to just do all kinds of random topics. They'll be vaguely geeky in nature, but they're just going to be absolutely all over the board. So I want to start off with one we were talking about while <gasps> having bonus dinner. Thank God I can take my pants off. <laughs> Jesus. No, keep your pants on. I, I'm So not really a bonus episode. Yeah. Thing, so. uh, yeah. So, but what do you think the lowest form of horror is? Because, see, I'm torn. <clears throat> to me, the lowest form of horror is either... Jump scares, so startling, right? So you're watching a horror movie, video game, TV show, whatever.
1: Like Fizz Gig, we were talking about a dinner when he jumps out of the hole at you and shocks you as a child, and you shit <laughs> yourself in the theater, and your great-grandma's got to take you home.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, but no, that, that did not happen to me. But, no, I think jump scares. But the only reason I don't know that I can put jump scares as the lowest form of horror... Is because there is another one I despise almost, if not as much. Body horror. Gore. Slasher. Yeah, yeah, Gorno.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just the the stuff that was really big in the 1980s, uh, it's not even scary. It's just incredibly graphic and gory. Okay. The
3: Robocop type of stuff, the, you know, what? The thing is, they tend to go together too. Like, if you look at a lot of the Friday the 13th The Nightmare on Elm Street, they'll have the startled shock jump. Yeah. And the gore. Like, OK, I remember where I
0: really started to lose it with jump scares was watching a movie, which I'll admit was not that great overall, which was Signs, because I was sitting there watching that movie. And this was back when, you know, you still held out some hope that shlam and am a ding dong might produce, you know, some good stuff. And I was watching that movie, and partway through the movie, he did so many jump scares. And I can watch disturbing content, and if it's genuinely psychologically disturbing, I can handle it, and I'm okay with it. But I got jump scared so many times that I had to step out partway through the movie to down some Xanax because it was giving me a panic attack. No, no joke. Yeah. No joke on that. So I need a vote here. Jump scares or gore, which is the lower form of horror? I'm voting jump scares. Jump scares, Chad? Well, I just like jump scares, but I will vote gore
2: because gore is cheap. Jump Mm -hmm. scares require a setup. It requires proper camera work. It requires building up of tension. Blasting organs at the camera is a lot easier. You load cow innards into an air gun and blast them at an actor. Woo, you talented mother... Now, listen, I am going to tell you about a movie. I had to look it up because I want to get the names right. All right. This movie is called Zombie, right? Very. Okay. You know, it's 1979. It is Italian horror. It is by Lucio Fellucci, and Lucio Fellucci's name is uh, the Spaghetti Splatter King. All right? <laughs> okay. So this guy makes... I can guess where this is headed. Right. So this guy makes horror movies and it body horror and he makes you know zombie horror movies and it's just his movies are exceedingly graphic and unlike other horror movie directors where they're trying to gross you out or they're trying to scare you or they're trying to be extreme or whatever this guy hates his audience and i don't mean that in a sort of whatever sense i mean He believes people who watch horror movies, especially gore horror movies, are deviants. And so he makes horror movies. So he spanks us? Yes. That's hot. He makes horror movies so graphic and so gory as to punish the people who are watching the movie. That's how gory his movies are. I have
3: seen a few of his movies. Because I love a good B-horror movie. And you love to be punished. a good bad horror movie. or. Like a lot of the '80s, '70s, like that mm-hmm. era horror movie, it oh. goes. Be- it goes beyond, yeah, right? Yeah. Then, like you're not even watching
2: it and going, "Oh my god, it's the thing, and it's so gross," mm-hmm. and "Oh, it's it's cr- oh, look, the head is melting off the table, it's so gross." It isn't like that. It, it gets to a point to where you're like,
0: "Is this over?
2: Come <laughs> yeah. <And I'm> on!" <laughs> then, like, are you?
0: I would okay. <laughs> this was obviously not spaghetti splatters right. movie, or what? Wh- he made a movie about
2: cannibals. One time, right? You know, and it, it was just. Like I, if really I ever have a deep dive into people eating other people, if I
0: ever get sense. enough money to go from mentally ill to eccentric. <laughs> I will open a themed restaurant named after him. Yes. But the Spaghetti King of Horror? Yes, exactly. The Spaghetti King. We'll just call it that. The spaghetti oh, okay. King. Yeah, yeah. Of Horror. We'll just be... Uh, yeah. something. That'll be like an appetizer. <laughs> yes. That's, that's the appetizer plate. Every,
1: every, bowl, every bowl is just a bloated anus of pasta <laughs> and tomato sauce. just dripping down the side of the rump. That's right. uh,
3: so. Chat. since you're mentioning other horror movies... Yeah they are making a, another sequel to Blair Witch. Mm. I actually am kind of interested because one of the... I'm not big into found footage. But well, I, it. It I, I mean, I appreciate it, but I'm yeah. not into it. it yeah. was, I really enjoyed it because it was one of the first of that style. Yeah. This one, though, one of the concepts they're playing with is that it's also going to be found footage. It's going to be one of the character's relatives out looking for that person from the first movie, but it's all modern day found footage. So it's stuff on like iPhones and much higher quality than the found footage of the original mm. one it won't be nearly as shaky won't be blurry huh. and it's that's what the kind of what they're going for with it so i gotta say I'm interested because I did like the original a lot when it came out
2: okay so I have, I'm sorry I have another movie that I have to put out there order uh, is never gonna get to vote no that's what I'm
1: waiting to vote too well I'm,
2: I'm I'm presenting evidence here I'm gonna totally destroy this name it is a 1929 silent movie there's a lot of horror fans out there who are going oh yeah <laughs> no straddy very no that's <laughs> not French. this is a french movie oh this is called un chien en- and uh the andalusian dog is the movie okay and it is a i think it's a french movie spanish director one of the artists salvador Dali, had a part in it louise bunel And it's a surrealist movie, has no plot to it. The chronology is disjointed and that sort of thing. It is famous for this one scene. And this scene is so visceral. I mean, it's just excellent and how awful it is. And there's a woman and she's looking up at the moon and there's these clouds going by and a man comes up behind her and he puts his hand, I believe, on her forehead and then he takes out a straight razor and she's looking up at the moon, she doesn't seem afraid, and then it it shows like where her eye is cuts to the moon is where the brown part of the moon is and it cuts to her eye and then you know the, the straight razor is coming up and then it switches to the moon and there's a thin cloud that <laughs> jets across the moon. And then it cuts back to her and it shows him slitting her eyeball open. Oh
3: my gosh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow, that's
3: amazing. Nineteen twenty nine. So, okay, yes. so, so it, I'm it's pretty Brodard, beautiful. Jones, I'm pretty good gore. with a lot of gore and things. The eyeball is what yeah. gets to me. So yeah, gore, it's... gore is for comedy. It's not for horror. Right.
1: right. Mm-hmm. All right. So gore is the lowest form of horror. Okay. Because gore yeah. is for making me laugh, like the movie Dead Alive or mm-hmm. Atomic Kid.
0: Gore is for silliness and slapstick. I don't. know. It does nothing for like Robo Geisha. <laughs> I saw a Hobo with a shotgun and I liked everything about the movie. Loved Hobo's. Shotgun. But the gore.
2: Oh, it was if It you, was an integral part of the movie, though. Uh, it was it, comedy. Because it's the genre. Right. right? It, right. It's the genre. Because I saw. It, when it, I
0: rented it, I thought yeah. I was going to watch. Rucker Hauer kicking ass? A Rucker Hauer no. kicking ass in a revenge flick. Where well, you had the revenge. It's place, basically yeah. falling down with a hobo. Nope. no, where no it's a it, grindhouse style it movie. Is, it is I very, did not know it was a grindhouse. Yeah, house. it is
2: a very specific movie and I get I get what you're saying. I totally
0: agree. Cuz keep you. on I was just yeah. going by the blurb on like mm-hmm. Charter movies. Like I'm right. just going down the list of available movies. Did
2: you see Grindhouse? Because that's no. where So, uh, Quentin Tarantino and uh, Robert Rodriguez, Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez yeah. did a movie and It was like a couple of different movies. It was Death Proof and it was uh, the girl with the one leg. It was Quentin Tarantino rapes
1: someone again or tries to
2: rape someone again. So what
3: everyone always talks about, though, isn't any of the movie itself. It's the trailer. It's a trailer. So there's two movies
2: in this one movie and then there's trailers that separate them and different people did the trailers for them. One of them was hobo with a shotgun, and it's like never intended to be made. I mean, this yep. over the top grindhouse Rutger Howard as a hobo with a shotgun. You know, it's 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 like oh my I, god, who wouldn't want have to see that? Three of my
1: favorite things <laughs> right there. Oh, yeah, I, I'm expecting.
2: And, and was have, it machete? They had yeah, yeah machete. machete was one of was them? another. Yeah, one I one was, was expecting a, yeah. a
0: mashup. Of falling lesbian down, lesbian werewolves of the SS mm-hmm. was the Rob Zombie one. I was yeah. expecting a mashup of nope. falling down and split second because you didn't see de- you didn't see uh, and Grindy so uh, yeah, yeah, and so I, I had gotten it, no. I, but just from the description, it just said your Worker Hauer goes into a mm-hmm. new town. He's a hobo who wants to save enough money. To buy a lawnmower, lawnmower to start an honest, honest business, and the city so, pushes him and screws him until he snaps. Not only pushes him and screws him, but and spends means... <laughs> his lawnmower money on a shotgun, yeah. like you do, and goes on a killing spree. <laughs>
2: and my so shotgun had,
0: was way more expensive they had than my the, lawnmower. They <laughs> Ditto. Had the, they had the gangs
2: there, so they had like a bunch of mooks and you know people doing all this terrible stuff, and no one is good. The only good guy is the hobo who is like the lowest of the
0: low. right? Yeah. And he's the only and a prostitute. Good guy. Who yeah. Who he is delusionally convinced is a school teacher. Perfect <laughs> grindhouse tropes.
2: Absolutely yeah. pitch perfect to the genre. They even had these like wacko boss fights in it and stuff. Yeah. Like, it's like you had these super mooks
0: and oh, it was. I just perfect. I, mean, I didn't know. Yeah I, yeah, I looked at the description. I didn't see it at all. So, Broder, you're doing a time jump or did a time jump so, in your game. Chad I have been talking about this because mm-hmm. one of the things that we were pitching around a few
1: weeks ago as a show topic uh, was the fact that Chad's game and my game we haven't played in a while. You know, Yeah, Wayne. A yeah, variety, it wasn't my fault this week. A f- variety con. of circumstances, right? So my game, I only run it once a month. Long story yeah, short. Yeah, same here. It's... Wayne, wasn't my fault this week. It had been two months since we had played. Yeah, Wayne, (laughs) wasn't my fault this week. I email with my players back and forth about what's going on. Primarily, one of my players, and he's been pitching me all of these ideas. So, in character, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about doing this. In character, I'm thinking about doing that. And ultimately, our email exchange got to the point where, look, Griswold has to leave the party. Right. He's got to go away, at least for some time to accomplish the things that he wants to accomplish as his person. To go goals. on like a European To go vacation. on a walkabout. Right. He and wants to, to he yeah. wants to go on a walkabout. National Lampoons. No one. I, no, I'm, oh, I, got I got it. Got, okay. yeah. Thank you. So Thank he you. wants to go on a walkabout and, you know, we've been emailing back and forth and we haven't played for a while. And I thought about the episode mm-hmm. that we discussed time jumps. And I thought, and then I started rereading the Dragonlance Chronicles. That I've, book Ooh picks up, right? (laughs) The first book, Dragons of Autumn Twilight, picks up right where the party's getting together after five years being apart. And I was just, all of those things were kind of percolating in my brain. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to pitch this to the group. Mm -hmm. So I sent out a mass email to the party and I thought, hey, this is a concept that I've been considering. What if we jumped forward in time two or three years? And here are some of the reasons why, without getting into my player DJ's reasons for his character Griswold and why it would be good for him, but just said, don't respond to the email. You've got several days to think about it. When you show up on Sunday, let's just talk about it. And to belay anyone's concerns, I'm prepared to pick up exactly where we left off. Yeah. However, I want you to get your feedback. So, My players show up, and it was a resounding success in terms Mm -hmm. of everybody thought, man, if I had two or three years with my character to do X, Y, and Z and pursue my own personal interests. I would
2: write the great American novel, but instead, I would just get drunk and high every day.
1: So... And, and that's what we did. Is we sat around because one of my buddies is really into craft beer, way more than me, and mm-hmm. I like craft beer quite a bit. He always brings special beer to the game, and we have a few beers and imbibe and what have you. But we just sat there and drank and talked and ate my wife's dinner, and we just we spent hours. Oh. Just I'm, I'm glad that because
0: we were about drugs wow. and eating and drinking and ate my wife's dinner. dinner. Okay, okay, yeah. all right. Continue. But I well, had to you tell know, they you,
1: they had tossed salad. I, it was. despite the fact that we had not played in two months and last minute one of the guys couldn't show up because of something that happened at work but we salvaged so much momentum and passion for the game because everyone had an opportunity to find personal investment in their character and now we haven't made any final decisions about anything, really. Everybody was so excited and went in so many different directions. We're like, okay, you know, by 9.30, we're like, all right, guys, I got to go to bed. But you were going to start exchanging emails. And so when we play next month on the 3rd of September... We're going to have, you know, it'll it'll probably take us an hour or more just to sit down and go, okay, here are things that have happened with your individual characters over the course of the last couple of years. Here are things that have happened with the world over the last couple of years
0: and start. And I'm very, very excited about it. Cool. You'll have to give us a report on how that goes. Wayne or Brodor, was it one of you that was just talking about how somebody actually made Aquaman a good character by doing something? Because normally, normally. One of the quickest ways to run a comic book is to start thinking about physics and chemistry. Because, for example, if you look at just the amount of energy it would take for Flash to run that fast and that far, he would have to consume
3: no, no, he like get, all get, the food dude, in North he gets America. It from the Speed Force,
0: man,
2: right? Sure, that
3: was their answer to starting to think about it. Because the original Flash. The Golden Age, uh, Jay Garrick, did not. Right. His was pure muscle. But they also had a time-traveling treadmill, too. Again, Jay Garrick didn't. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Jay Garrick didn't. In
0: fact, there are actually college classes on this that are sort of like applied math-type classes that do the physics of comic books, where it's like exactly why would these things work or not work. If you can dig it
2: up, if you're interested in that sort of thing... You should look at the uh, old Usenet discussions of Larry Niven's Ringworld, World, where physicists got together and colleges and stuff in the early days of the internet were all talking back and forth. And it's like, how would.
0: Do you know what Ring World is? Yeah, I know. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's basically a ring that is not a Dyson sphere. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah just it's just the, it 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 just you, Actually, ring. if
0: you've played Stellaris, you have probably seen one because in Stellaris, it's a. Uh, 4X space game.
2: By the way, I really enjoyed the hell out of Ringworld. Well,
0: really good. I've not read it, so I have no comment on that. But amongst the various empires that it randomly generates, on most maps you will get one or two what they call stagnant ascendancies. Yeah. And what a stagnant ascendancy is, is like a race that has been out in the stars way longer than you have. Yeah. Thousands, millions, they never say, but way longer than you have. But at some point, they kind of topped off. Their society became Total laziness, malaise, and they just quit. So they've got this massive technology, but they're not going anywhere. They're not doing anything. But in one of these systems, in these stagnant ascendancies, you can find partially dilapidated ring worlds. And yeah. what a ring world is, is it's like a Dyson sphere is the idea that you hit a point where a society needs all of the energy that a sun is capable of producing. You need a fusion reactor the size of a sun. And so you build a sphere that basically entraps the sun and captures and utilizes all of its yeah. energy. Well, what a ring world is, is imagine the same idea, except it's a ring. But the size of a planet's
3: orbit. Yeah, so if you can imagine a if ring. If a Dyson sphere is a ball, you take a slice out of that ball, Right, and that's the, what you've got. right. right? If, if, yeah. So
0: if you imagine the Earth's orbit, and I realize the Earth's orbit's not perfectly circular, but if you were to draw that out into something that's mm-hmm. roughly circular and rotating, that's a ring world.
2: Yeah, so these physicists and stuff got on old Usenet and whatnot, and were debating how it would work and whatnot, and this guy published a paper. Basically, it was... I forget what the title was, but it's like, you know, ring world would be destroyed because he, he proved out how... Ringworld would not work like you could build it, but then it would collapse on itself after some time or this bad thing would happen. Larry Niven read that and he took part in all the discussions. And when he wrote the sequel, he incorporated what this guy said as improvements to Ringworld because in the first one he doesn't talk all about it. It's just like they find it. There's nobody there. And they land on it. And it's discovery, right? So the second one is about more discovery. They're discovering, oh, well, wait, it has this and this and this and this. What this guy
0: wrote in his, his story. Huh. But my punchline here being, there is one superhero where starting to think too hard about the physics actually makes him more badass. Dude, he
1: licks blowhole. I mean, he's... Horribly, he's the worst character <laughs> ever. Yes, which is, which is right. Aquaman. Ex- yeah.
0: Except for Plastic Man, who is the worst character I, I agree ever. with you. I completely... The worst thing, I actually read the Tower of Babel comics because I had watched the animated movie based on it. And I, in the course of about four issues realized i had never hated a superhero or villain or whatever anything in those books as much as i hated plastic man that story is so
3: good though it
0: is a great story but but point being here with aquaman if you think about okay, guy talks to fish whatever not that impressive but
1: cal drogo looks amazing and i was saying (laughs) that for the first time i think that aquaman could potentially be an interesting and badass character. Yeah. And that's when Wayne was talking, yeah, right. talking I can't about it. Because, Jeff
3: yeah. Johns, when he relaunched Aquaman, during the whole New 52 stuff, really took some time to think about the character and the reasons why he could potentially be interesting. Jeff Johns is just an amazing writer. I've enjoyed a lot of what he yeah. does. But he takes a look at the character like, okay, this is a guy that's at the bottom of the ocean. He has to be able to survive... The pressures at the bottom of right. the ocean. He comes
1: in. He polishes a turd. This is Jeff Johns. Yeah. Comes mm. in. He polishes a turd. He leaves, and people go, "Oh wow,
3: that turd really does stink." <laughs> <laughs> yep. But while he's polishing it, it's it amazing, is beautiful.
0: But yeah, I mean, that is a fascinating thought exercise of what would it take to simply do what he does? How to make a crap character awesome in because, a comic book?
2: Yeah. Because I mean, that's what I. Because if you can thing, go down.
3: I, Kevin Smith did it with Green Arrow. Yeah. Green it, Arrow had gotten really lame until holy he did that run. I want to cry. If you can so, go down, if
0: I could. If you can go down several thousand feet in the ocean and not be crushed. And not be crushed. That is an enormous power. if you can be the can, most
2: popular girl
0: out in high school and not be crushed.
2: <laughs> that's a
1: superpower.
0: It, but Also, to be able to ascend and descend those depths really fast. All right, put this in perspective for anyone who doesn't know. Not getting the bends, yeah. Well, the, the, the basic math here. If you've ever taken anything like a scuba diving class or something like that. Nope. The pressure of water, you basically double or you add another atmosphere of pressure. Okay, so if you're standing at sea level on the beach, you're at one atmosphere of pressure which is roughly 14 pounds per square inch of your body, just to the weight of air weighing down on you. If you go into the water, every 10 feet of ocean water you go down adds another atmosphere of pressure. So if you swim down 10 feet, your body is under twice the pressure it was at when you were on the beach. If you go down 20 feet, you're at three times the pressure. If you go down 30 feet, you're at four times the pressure. So if you go down thousands of feet into the ocean and live there, the amount, you have to keep in mind, you're talking about literally several tons of pressure per square inch of your body. That is impressive. And then the director from Titanic did it.
2: <laughs> I never saw The Abyss. No, he, uh, he made a diving bell. His hobby is exploration. Yeah. J- uh, Not J.J. J. Abrams. James Cameron. James Cameron. Yeah, His James hobby Cameron. is exploration. And he explored the, was it the Marianas Trench?
0: I don't know, but yeah. He went
2: down like further than anybody has ever done before. And he essentially uses his blockbuster movies that I don't really care for to finance his exploration.
3: Yeah. And it's all His hobby
2: is movie making. His job is exploring the ocean's depth.
3: It's all heavy gear that he does with it. Yeah. You know, it's it's top of the line, state of the -art art gear that he has. But he doesn't walk around down there without it. No. Well, no, he doesn't walk around. You can't walk around.
0: Yeah, he's in, like he, a he's in a bell. He's in a okay.
2: bathosphere. You'll
0: freaking die fast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the exact maximum depth at which a human can survive, you'll get a whole bunch of varying answers because it depends on what the circumstances are, how long you're there, exactly which inert gas you filled your body with. For example, a lot of really deep divers, they will start to breathe helium instead of breathing nitrogen because of the way it impacts the body and such. it's all kinds of crazy stuff like that. So you'll get all kinds of numbers. But the point being, you ain't going to survive under any conditions if you go down that far, unless you're one hell of a badass. But I found it interesting because usually when you start applying physics and chemistry and all of this stuff, it actually makes most stories look dumber. But in the case of Aquaman, if you are willing to keep the suspension of disbelief he suddenly becomes a whole lot more impressive than he was before. And I, he talks to fishes.
3: I always that thought too. that
2: what was interesting about Aquaman, Namor, and all that, more so Namor, it has nothing to do with their power. I talk to fish. Who cares? That, that doesn't matter. What are, what's Batman's power? I, infinite wealth? I mean, who cares? Uh, uh, but, Namor bangs Sue Richards. <laughs> that's power. But it's <laughs> Aquaman bangs Mara. Superpower. It's the political situation of it. I mean, he's the king of Atlantis. And the king in Atlantis is at sometimes war with the uh, where who are the hell? the Amazonians, the Amazonians. And there's whole like alternate plot lines where they flood Europe and fight each other over and stuff. Yep.
0: To me, that's what makes the character interesting. You know, an alternate setting that is real mythology. Yeah. However, it is not the same Atlanteans. But in Greek mythology, the Amazonians did have a fight against a kingdom known as Atlantis. But it is not the same Atlantis as appears in was it uh, Plato or who was it? The this Plato. Ro- Plato. Okay, yeah. who was it the wrote about? Because it's a different Atlantis. Mm. It's it, they actually know where this Atlantis is. It's actually a portion of Africa. But they actually named the location where the Amazons were, and they were ultimately defeated by an individual who is from the exact same place as the people that defeated the Spartans. It is a believe a an escaped Theban slave who like leads an army that ultimately defeats the Amazons. But the point being though, the Amazon versus Atlantean war yeah. while they're meshing Plato's Atlanteans together with this other group, which once it's a coincidence of names, that is real mythology.
1: So this is something that I have always wanted to role play. I have always wanted to ask do... your wife. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think
0: if if you, you want me to be in a Wonder so... Woman's costume. Yeah. If you but want, I me...
1: know she can fit in. Chet, Chad and they were talking about this actually this evening in the driveway before we came in the house about how we're very boring. <laughs> vanilla, what have you, when it comes to the bedroom. And I looked at Chad, I was like, you know, I'm pretty uninteresting. Until I'm not. not. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I've always wanted to roll so I want to take all of the all of the tropes of superhero role-playing games, and I want to do it in sort of a bronze age setting, right? So I wanna have, hey, we've got ancient Greece and that cat's got super speed. Or we're in ancient Greece and that person can
0: fly and has super strength. I wanna do that level of You game. know, they're kind of getting more direction in both DC and Marvel because, well, I mean, I'm talking about the movies here, not the comic books. But with Marvel, they're trying to you know talk about how Apocalypse was the first mutant and all that stuff. And in DC, there's a uh, line that's in one of the trailers right. that I think actually got taken out of the movie, where uh, Waller is like talking about how oh yeah like, yeah yeah she's talking about how like. Samson who breaks the two pillars of the temple. Everyone who doesn't know how temples were constructed at the time, there would typically be two very large, uh, usually about twenty four inch across wooden pillars. They were just literally like stripped trees that would be put side by side in the middle of these temples. They were they were not very large buildings, but that's what you're talking about. So when Samson breaks the pillars, it, that's what you're talking about is basically
1: collapses crush, the whole collapses structure.
0: two trees right. that are about. 12 to 24 inches across, and then she uh, mentions she's like, or the or the uh, Philistine secret weapon of Goliath, and she starts taking all these these people that are from the Bible, but you could just as easily draw it into any other, you know, set of, of lore or mythos or whatever
3: you want to talk about. Well, let's face it, look at superheroes right now. How many of them had their origins in Greek or... Roman mythologies well, right. or Egyptian mythologies. But that's what I want to Or, or Hercules. What, what about Shazam? Shazam, which yeah, yeah, is what right. the, the wisdom of
0: Solomon, the was, strength of Hercules. But that's what I want to the gain. The of Mercury. Get rid of tanks, yeah. get rid of planes,
1: get rid of lasers, get rid of missiles. Just, you know, it's me, Superman, versus your, you know, your Bronze Age swords and shields and your bows well, and arrows. I think, Suck it. I mean, <laughs> look,
2: look at mythology. Look at Hercules right. and his yeah. labors. Wouldn't it be cool to play characters and you're doing a plot line that is not a carbon copy, but is like that. Right? Where, you know, you walk down the street and nobody's like, oh my God, he can pick up a bull! and That's amazing! And oh my God, we need to send armies after him or he needs to help But it's more like, yeah, that, that happens in the world. It's rare, but why don't you go clean out my stables? Right. <laughs> you know, use that power to do right. that. But then, but then <laughs> you there is, there and, is but a... But you're gr- building a... It's, it's not about... The power that you have and everyone's impressed with the power, but you are building a legend and a myth. And as you build the myth, people are impressed by the story
0: too. of even if you wanted to do it with some kind of frame reference in our common stories, start with superheroes in the present day and maybe some supervillains as well. And they get kicked back to 500 B.C. And that's where the story oh, gets there's told. Been
2: so many bad ones like that. Though. But I know, but Chad, oh, the
0: Batman,
2: the Bat Knight, the prehistoric Batman. I, I, bat, I know, but that's oh,
0: it's I am a big believer in finding the dirty, rotten things of this world and, <laughs> and making polishing a, that and turd. making them good.
1: He's the Jeff Johns of gaming. <laughs> that's right. As I
0: am I do it the Jack LaLanne way. I, I, I take that steaming. Michael Bay uh-huh. turd by the teeth and I will swim why it. Why does the
2: turd have teeth? <laughs> now are we back to body No, no, no I'll take again? it
0: by my teeth. And like, I...
1: why are you biting a turd? Are we back <laughs> to body horror again? Uh, uh they're delicious.
0: <laughs> oh. Oh. Depends no. on what you've been eating, but yeah. And I'm out. <laughs> okay,
1: and
2: cut, we're done for good. So, I hope you all liked Brodor, he might be
1: coming back. Oh, snap! <laughs> so, sometimes I think about cosmetically, how do I view my game in my head? Yeah. And, and, and I try to think about, you know, film noir or, or, you know, what have you. But sometimes I always think, I want to run a game, I want to look at it like a cartoon. I don't want to have cartoon physics when I'm looking for inspiration. I'm looking at things in the realm of the cartoon world. So the, the Bruce Timm Batman style yes. stuff. Or, I
0: think you have to look at the good cartoons. Thundar the Barbarian. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not talking about the ones you can't go back to. I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking about the ones that are good, like Wait, you can't go back to Thundar? No, believe it or not. You can't go back to Silverhawks either as much oh, as so well. Wow.
3: Silverhawks. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: This was the worst show ever. You know, but
0: it had some good visual concept, and that's really about it. Okay. Buzzsaw, I love Buzzsaw. But anyway, I ran a Transformers campaign that was inspired by the first 15, 20 minutes of the Transformers movie. And it but that's was, all there
3: is of the movie.
0: Exactly. That's, that's all it is. It's a movie short. It ends right about there. And that inspired a plot line. And it was one of the best campaigns that I have ever run, easily in my top five. And... It was inspired by a cartoon and the entire thing had a much more adult feel to it and a serious feel to it, but it still nonetheless played out very much like a graduated or a mature version of a cartoon. You know, it was something that played out like, Oh, I guess like the heavy metal movie, except sans all the gratuity. But nonetheless, you know, it was that kind of thing. I've never run a game with a cartoon vibe and it's something i've always wanted to experience. because everyone goes gonzo and there's nothing wrong with that but usually when someone says i'm running a cartoon like game well they mean mean that i'm either going to run bugs bunny or this is going to be really over the top saturday let me ask you this
2: if you run a cartoon game are you going to want who framed roger rabbit or are you going to want cool world most people are going to tend towards the Gonzo. They're going to tend towards Who frame Roger Rabbit. Sure, it's more if expressive.
0: I, yeah, no, and I don't, I don't disagree with I, that. But what I'm saying is, for example, if I said I was going to run a cartoon game and I'm going to base it on Grave of the Fireflies, or I'm going to base it on Wings of Hominumamina Mayonnaise.
3: I'm out. <laughs> I, I don't want to play that. But don't want to play at
2: Wings of Hominid or Grave of the Fireflies. i of the I'm Not familiar yeah. with
1: either of them. Okay, but uh, have you
2: ever cried manly
0: tears? I tried. Oh yeah. Tried. If you want yeah. a movie to make you cry like a little bitch, yeah, Grave of the, Grave the Fireflies. Fireflies will do it. It's yeah. a cartoon, but I guarantee you, it will wreck you as a human being. So, so
3: I, I, I probably said this on the mic. There is only one piece of media that has ever made me cry. It was not Grave of the kill Fireflies. Kill Kill. No, it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is an anime called Anna Hannah, mm. and it is the only the only media that i can think of that has ever actually gotten tears from me and i have rewatched the series probably three times i watched the movie related to it the same scene every time still gets me. i'm a pushover i tear up at anything yeah and my wife does too and yeah. she says i have no soul
2: i i teared up on a anime called kill a kill i have never shed manly tears over a japanese schoolgirl's uniform before
3: Okay, is that yeah.
1: what that is that a so, new, new euphemism my
3: manly, tears? Is my that manly is? tears i get it yeah i know yeah. where you're coming so, from so i know the, anim- the people like who haven't the anime, seen
2: it know. are like oh well my chance that's a sexual fetish right there nope not even <laughs> a little bit it is an excellent great story and it is surreal I cannot even
1: begin to describe what is is a
3: very big part of that show.
1: What is close? Close, Yeah. A
3: very big part of that. So
1: there's a movie called bone Tomahawk with Kurt Russell, which if you haven't seen it, I recommend you go out and see it, but there's a moment spoiler alert. All right. And this is a big spoiler. Kurt Russell's character. He's going to die, right? Hmm. He's about at his end, but he's got his rifle and he's going to fight off the rest of the troglodytes. And this old man who, through the course of the film, has been visiting his wife's grave, goes to Kurt Russell, Realizes that Kurt Russell's going to die. I'm going to get choked up thinking about yes. this the last time that I got a little weepy in a movie. But Kurt Russell looks at the guy and the old man looks at him and Kurt Russell accepting his fate. The old man looks at him and he says, you know, I'll say goodbye to your wife. Kurt Russell looks at the old dude and he says, I'll say hello to yours. <laughs> it was really, wow. really touching
2: crazy yeah it's
1: a great flick if you haven't seen it you've got to go out because it's it's deadlands right Mm -hmm. but they roll back the goofy right and they just make it sort of scary horror right it's very very tense and there are some there's a a bit of sort of graphic violence in it but it's not splatter Mm -hmm. over the top and when they do uncork when that movie because you're like this is kind of boring mike you're crazy dude when they uncork it's It goes sideways. It's great. It's a great flick. But I'll say hello uh, to
3: yours. (laughs) As a teenager, one of my date movies, and I won't get into the name of it because I'm going to give spoilers, but while watching it, there is a point in the movie where the main female character is riding a bicycle, closes her eyes, stretches her arms out. And I remember at the very first time I saw it, my thought was, I hope she smacks into something. <laughs> the next thing that happens is a truck comes around and she smacks in and is killed. I never laughed so hard at a movie. Wow. And That's fantastic. Wait, I'm like, like you. I'm
0: a sick, sick man. Now, okay, Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah, right, that, that one yeah. had me crying yeah. like a bitch. Yeah. But I, I'm with you, Wayne. The, the inappropriate things I laugh at <laughs> in movies... Which now they're saying is a sign of early onset dementia, which is fine. I, at least everything will be new to me again, but I'll wake up every morning to a fresh new world and maybe I'll hope again. And a fresh new diaper. And a fresh new diaper. And I don't even remember why I'm wearing them. And I, I'll, I'll be all upset because I'm late to do my podcast.
2: <laughs> and you'll think it's 1950-08. <laughs>
0: The important thing is that we wore an onion on our belt, as was the style then. <laughs> but, but man, wait, I'm with you. The horrible, horrible things that I laugh at. What was the one that we just saw? It was terrible, and I just could not stop cracking up. And it was... South Park? No, no, because it was it was something like you were not supposed to laugh at in a movie, and I just could not... I'll, I'll have to think of it. Of course, I'll remember it after we cut the mics but Carl and I were just watching some movie and there was something that was a really serious movie and something you were not supposed to laugh at. And it just, to me, it was... Was it JFK? <laughs> <laughs> Every time somebody says back into the left, it
1: just loses it.
0: <laughs> that is one of those events that proves you put anything at double time and add in Yakety sacks
3: and it becomes funny. <laughs> you know, we were talking about JFK today at work. And my favorite take of the JFK conspiracy theory comes from Red Dwarf
2: oh yeah, yeah they're they time traveling
3: him. and they accidentally save his life
2: and the world yeah, goes... they come out of a portal, and they bump into lee harvey oswald which yeah. causes him to miss which completely changes the world because i think it turns yeah. kennedy like somebody tried to kill him and so it turns him into a megalomaniac he's like all paranoid and it's like this horrible
3: yeah. terrible the Nazi world becomes or... horrible so yeah. they find jfk at one point in time, and bring him forward and show him the world that happens because he's alive, and then take him back to the grassy knoll and give him a gun so he shoots himself. Yeah. And they're like, the conspiracy theorists are going to love this one. Yeah.
0: In Pokemon Go, I keep trying to name all of my Spiros Agnew. <laughs> okay, that is awesome. Uh, appropriate. <laughs> timely <laughs> very timely <laughs> i still wonder to this day how many people caught the historic reference in star trek 6 which was what 1991 i mean this was uh, whenever it came out i remember it's somewhere in the 90s but when star trek 6 came out and kirk and bones are on trial in front of the klingon high council or whatever and one of the guys yelling at him says don't wait for the translation answer me now yeah that was from the Cuban Missile Crisis, because, mm-hmm. of course, that entire movie, I mean, you have to be kind of an idiot not to realize this, but the entire movie was a parable about the end of the Cold War, which is what was occurring at that time. It's about, you know, what do you do when the wall comes down? Whether you're talking about the literal wall in Berlin or the Iron Curtain or whatever.
2: Well, the neutral zone. No, that's Romulan. That's Romulans. It?
0: Yeah. yeah. They, the uh, Organian Peace Treaty is what oh, keeps the Klingons yes. back, but the the point being though that think warriors care about a
1: piece of
2: paper.
0: <laughs> That's you you literally read my mind. Right. There was a but uh, that a whole bunch of stuff in that movie was taken from things people actually said in the Cold War, and that was one of them. Was uh, who was the Khrushchev. No, it wasn't Khrushchev. Who was the guy? I just like saying Khrushchev. We I just have... like to bang my chair on the table. Or <laughs> no, like,
1: bring my shoe, shoe on the shoe. table. Shoe.
2: like, bam! You know, track. they don't do that crap anymore. Yeah, they I know. We even have the North Koreans and they don't do that crap. Yeah.
0: I know. The, the UN's gotten incredibly boring. I think... <laughs> Good. The <we, I, laughs> power has <laughs> made them complacent. <laughs> we need the UN to be conducted more like South Korean Parliament. <laughs> or British Parliament. Or yes, Parliament.
2: <laughs> or Indian Parliament. Or basically any parliament. they Something about parliamentary American procedures. Gladiators. Congressional procedures, everyone just yap, yap,
0: yap, yap. Yeah, parliamentary procedures, it's they really laugh at each other. Boring. They jeer at yeah. each other. C-SPAN is incredibly boring, and yeah. we get nothing done. In parliaments, they actually get things done, Have you? Ever, and it is a wild ride on the way there. Have you ever tuned into C-SPAN when they show parliament
2: live in session
0: dude. i just it's like three o'clock in the morning this is, just, is as political as i'm going to get but just watching it's great they w- make fun of each other watching the right people in front of whatever the, the governing body of the eu is when you get the right people behind the mic yeah that right there that, i mean that that's a saturday night yep <laughs> that's they, they save
2: you a whole they, lot of money they had, they had the, i watched it one time they the prime minister and he's like giving a speech or something it's pretty benign speech and then they start, like, yell, oh, yeah, and they start yelling at him, and he's, like, very, you know, speech, he's, like, slams a paper down, and he's, like, oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> you just voted on this last week! You're, <laughs> and he's just, like, you are an idiot! <laughs> it's just, like,
0: oh, It's like a fight between Orson does. Wells and the Planter's Peanut. <laughs> <laughs> Who um, doesn't want to watch that occur? Yeah. So at
1: work, I mean, it's it just, it's, it's horrible. I, I will, I will confess one of my great regrets in life is quitting the fantasy shop, but oh, I, you could always get that back. And there's know, no No, 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 that's a, that's all. That's a story for not on the mic. Okay. <laughs> but because if there's anybody in the industry that listens to this show, like any, even one, I do not want to say anything out of turn. <laughs> okay. But but one of the things that keeps us sane at work are the names of our patients.
0: F- you HIPAA, so <laughs> oh, please do not violate any federal laws in my show. Here we go, <laughs> because there are very, very few things I would stop you from doing prior to an end bomb. Violating HIPAA on my show is on that short list. Okay. So- <laughs> All right, I'm not going to violate HIPAA, but okay, I will or drop an end bomb. But
1: I will say this. Okay. At the next Fear the Con, I'm going to run a game and every character is actually named after a real patient and all of their powers <laughs> are inspired by that name. <laughs> and when you sit down at the table...
0: We're talking like Lipshitz level type <laughs> stuff works. Oh, dude, let yeah. me tell you right now, the government bureaucracy, there are people like us that work at the bottom levels of it. And here's how I know, because you get these people... <laughs> that are so dry and so stodgy and they are so dead on the inside. <laughs> they don't see what's going on, but there's somebody kind of like us down there to borrow from m and spitting on your onion rings, you know, that, that mm-hmm. type of guy somewhere at the bottom. Cause when we did what's called meaningful use certification, because I, I work for company rights, medical software, and we have to certify that we meet certain government standards. We got the test data from the government. Okay? Mm-hmm. This is their test data. This is test data. Not real people. Not real people. So there's no HIPAA violation here. This, But this was the federal government supplied test data. I wish I had a list of them in front of me. If I no would known where to talk about this, I would have brought the list with me. The names were all stuff like Penny Puffer. <laughs> uh, there was one guy in there whose initials were KKK. <laughs> Every person in there had a name that was messed up. Like all of them. But it was like just messed up enough that if you were looking for it, you would see it. Yeah. But if you're some soulless bureaucrat. <laughs> well, Penny Puffer, of course. You know, I have a, a cousin named Penny and <laughs> blah, blah. I like puffing penguins. and <laughs> All right. Well, who
3: doesn't? I, 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 I we're not on the mic. So, so I'm so, going to tell
0: you some names. Okay. are going to
3: blow oh, your f- mind. But, but, but so- <laughs> I would have put Brother on the spot here because you said you would take the names and you'd give them powers related to it. So these are real people that I have met. Okay. I want to know what power you give them. Orangelo and Lemangelo, they're twins. Oh well, clear- orange jello and lemon jello.
1: Well they're they're gelatin elementals, of course, right? I mean they're precisely and they have to be the two flavors, right? They have to be the orange and the lemon jello.
3: Harry pickle.
1: Oh, oh I think <laughs> I think this one my, is my, I'm
3: gonna <laughs> defer to Pat.
0: My chart Harry topper pickle. My chart topper is still the dad of a guy Chad and I went to high school with. Well actually elementary school, junior mm-hmm. high and high school with. is honest god name is Harry Dick Whacker. That is not embellishment. That is not alteration. That is the man's yeah. name.
2: I knew a guy named Richard Dick. His name was Dick Dick. <laughs> and we, <laughs> we said that he should become a private detective so he could be Dick Dick Dick. Dick Dick, <laughs>
0: dick, dick the Dick. Yeah, <laughs> dick,
2: no. Oh,
0: dick 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 the Dick.
1: So all right. So He started out that way too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Working at my job, alright? Yeah. I, I have to do the exact same thing. I have to fill out enormous amounts of test date of my own so that we can see if the software is working and such. And I have the exact same problem because I'll sit there one moment. I'm programming and it's challenging or whatever, maybe frustrating, but it's at least challenging. And then the next moment, my soul is just draining just away. Oh, it's interest. unbelievable. Yes. Right. <laughs> and so I start losing my mind. Now, this is not a HIPAA violation because this is all invented it's stuff. Test
2: data, not all real. Right.
0: They gave me a real doctor whose last name is Sanchez. so of course i changed his first name to dirty right and i start going through and all of the patients they were all having like cryogenic surgery on the penis and i mean it was just (laughs) it was just this unbelievable like like, i i started looking through what's called the icd codes which which are diagnostic codes and finding the most absurd diagnoses i could like one of them is Injured riding a horse when being hit by a trolley, and like this, and and the the, the treatment was cryosurgery on the penis, and I just I just heard the whole thing was like yeah. that. It was just completely, and it made it out into production almost. <laughs> so what then happens is we start. Do I part- know developers or what? Is yeah. we start partnering. With this company, it's going to handle a lot of our online data services. And so I have to have a test account with them to make sure that we're getting data back and forth right. And everything's going good until I hit a hitch. And I, I, I hit one of the developers up over there. And I'm like, hey, I don't understand why I'm sending this and getting this response. And several hours go by and suddenly get a response back. It says, we want you to know your data has been all around our office. <laughs> and we are so glad to finally have a client who doesn't have a pole 10 feet up his ass. <laughs> He's like, this is the funniest stuff we have. Ever. And nice. so, and he and I started talking about like, cause he, I, 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 he like made some joke and it was somehow aliens related. And so I asked mm-hmm. like, I just got done playing alien isolation. It was a great game. He's like, yeah. I'm playing it right now. And I love it. And so we start talking back and forth. And like struck up, their development team and I are now like buddies. Right. To where like if anyone else contacts them, it gets a support ticket and they'll get to it. Yeah. If I write them, five minutes later they've got the system fixed <laughs> and they got it back to me. Yeah. that's all. See, I dude, it's the lesson of Ben Hur. Have you heard my Ben Hur story, Mm-mm. okay, my my Ben Hur story. I think I've told it on the show, but in case I haven't, or in case you're new to the show, never heard before. When I was a little kid, I was watching the Ben Hur chariot scene. You seen the remake? I've seen they're making a remake, but there I saw the Ben Hur chariot race scene, and I didn't get what was going on. And I had some specific question that I now don't remember because I was a little kid at the time. But the way my parents explained it to me is they said that all the horses out there will run fast because they are being whipped. They will run as fast as they have to to stay ahead of the whip. But Ben Hur's horses will run even faster because they love him. And they will run faster than any whip could make them run. And that is such a true life lesson. If you are ever interacting with anyone, whether you're their manager or anything, if you get somebody to like you, to love you, to care about you, they will do more than you could ever intimidate them into. And I have worked for and with so many people who do not get this, despite it being such a common sense well, it's life lesson. They're well,
1: weak, because they're weak managers and they're weak people, and they're, they're scared because the, the reason why they behave that way is they have so many other personal deficiencies. Most important of them is that they're not actually good at their job, right. and they're terrified that they're going to be exposed. I've
0: worked under bosses that, quite frankly, were not that good, That, quite frankly, they didn't really know their job, and I was having to cover for them a lot, but they took such good care of me that they fostered in me such a love and loyalty that if something came up in a meeting and they'd start to falter, I would immediately step in and take over and be like, well, actually, what he did was this, and this is how we're going to work it out, and blah, 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 and all this stuff, and I would save their bacon because I liked them. That's awesome. And my current job,
1: I mean, it's the exact opposite of what I used to do. I hate every day at my job. I hate what I do. I hate the industry. I hate the company. My boss is fantastic.
0: She's really great. And that's probably why you're there. There's an article well, for than uh, the money. Well, yeah, and you have to pay and bills. But yeah, I mean, there's an article that's been around for years, and that's completely true, which is your employees are quitting you is the title of the article. But it's a it's, huh. there, there's a huh there's a, huh. a <laughs> there there is a lot of research that has shown the number one reason that people quit a company and the number one factor tied into their opinion of their job is their immediate supervisor. I,
1: I've I've been at I've been at my current job for almost a year and I hate myself for it, but. You're absolutely right. If my supervisor wasn't my supervisor, if it was somebody else, I probably would have found another job. Already. Yeah. Now, I can tell I have you, I've
3: been in environments where that isn't the number one reason. And those are really horrible places to be in. Yeah. When there are other things that are more important than your, immediate, worse than your supervisor. Yeah. When the entire team loves their supervisor and they still want out of there. Yeah. Those which are is, really yeah. bad environments. To yeah. Be in. Which is the
1: I mean, that's the, that's where, that's where I work now is that, I mean, we, we've got a, a pretty surprising turnover rate, huh? But anyway,
0: all righty. Well, I think this we're going to wrap this one up since we covered a lot of ground, not on anything in particular. But hey, there was some, there was some gaming. Yeah, there was some games, the yeah, gaming. Some talks there rib.
2: Ribwands, look, hey, ribwands. Rib wands. Why do I have the feeling that ribwands are going to make
0: an appearance in your game? Are you on?
1: kidding me? Yeah. Oh no, the oh the supreme necromancer of Volcar <laughs> <He> has <laughs> ribwands. You and, know, and,
0: wanded for her pleasure. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. And you know where you can store them,
2: right? I mean, they, they go right back. In. Yeah. You can pull oh, out the idea slowly of an, yeah.
1: of an adamantine plate had, yeah. that has been affixed to protect. No, 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 no. Don't do a plate.
2: See, here is what I found because has I. I take great pleasure in grossing out my players. Oh, amen. Again, not for the mics.
3: Sarah takes great pleasure in grossing out your wife because it's easy to do and it really bothers her.
2: Yeah. So what you do is you don't put the plate there. Everything, the appearance of normality, but then you build up that something is going to happen. And so they're like trying to imagine it in their mind, but they're never going to get it. And then you do something like puts this, heel of his hand on the edge of his rib on his lower rib and pushes in with a sharp motion and you hear that sickening like crack. He lifts up his shirt and then he
0: pulls out the ribs slowly no, as a no. He, grimaces he in lifts pain. up his shirt and there's a mouth across his stomach and he can reach into the mouth and pull out a rib.
2: <laughs> like like a barbecue rib. Yeah. You know yeah. like give
0: me that. I was eating exactly. it. Exactly cool. So <laughs> all right, thank you guys for tuning in. We're sorry for everything. Have a great week oh, and great God. games and we will catch you next time.
2: I'm not saying it. See ya. There you go. See.